0: I'm Eddie Rowley, and you're listening to My Country Life, a podcast that takes you backstage and into the real lives of Ireland's country music, kings and queens. Each podcast in this series features a country star opening up the doors to their past and taking us on their personal journey into the spotlight. Along the way, they reveal their highs and lows, happiness and heartaches, and their struggle to find success. Here we meet Michael English, who first found fame as a child. Michael became an overnight star after an appearance on the Late Late Toy Show performing a tune he composed himself at the age of 11. This would lead to the boy wonder being inundated with offers of work and landing his first gig supporting show band legend Dickie Roth. A chance meeting with songwriter and musician Henry McMahon of Big Tom's band The Mainliners would later set him on the road to success as a country singer, scoring his first big hit with The Nearest to Perfect. Here, Michael takes a trip back in time, recalling Friday night trad sessions in the family home, the sacrifices his parents made to foster their only son's career, the heartache of losing his mum, and his hard-working life on the road. This is My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. So, Michael, welcome. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, great delight. to be here. Delighted, Thank delighted you. Delighted that you're chatting in to talk about your your life story and my, my country life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm delighted to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and you have you've had a, a crazy busy few years. Uh, yeah, uh, but for the last last two years, obviously you've had time to to stop and yeah. take stock and reflect mm. and give. I, I now have the opportunity to uh, to sit down with you because normally I, I would you you'd be too busy.
1: Yeah, I suppose you know for the last. Number of years it's been all go, and then all of a sudden it was like a light switch going out. You know, when the when the when the pandemic started, for me, it, it, it you know I, I I love playing, I love performing, I love the more nights I can play in the week, the better. Uh, so for me, it was it was difficult to adapt. Yeah, uh, last March, uh, last year, uh, to going from you know doing five, six, seven nights a week. In the summer, sometimes you, we would do eight gigs in, in in the week. In the summer, you know, like all of the bands, you'd be doing Sunday afternoon at a festival, maybe on a Sunday evening. So to go from that to to nothing was was hard to to um, as I said adapt. But uh, that you know, there's a lot a lot of people in the same position, and a lot of people in the music business that are just waiting for that green light so we can go again
0: yeah and hopefully it's it's it has started now so yeah. <clears throat> we'll it'll, it'll keep getting Look forward, to it, getting yeah. faster and faster and we'll yeah. soon be back on the on absolutely. the treadmill Fingers again crossed, yeah. and i know you were absolutely packing out concert venues and dance venues and festivals and you're 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 at the t- top of your of your game now but let's go back in time to yeah. uh, to to your your childhood days okay. and it, it all started in the family home didn't it down in Castle Dermot. And in Castle County, Dermot, County yeah.
1: Gildare? Yeah, it, well, I suppose it, 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 my dad uh, plays the button accordion and um, that was my first introduction to, to music. Uh, both him and, and Ma'am, Lord of and Ma'am was an Irish dancer and loved music and, and both of them loved the, the show bands. Uh, but every Saturday in our house we would have a, a music session uh, where uh, musicians would come from the locality um, and they would play in our house on a Saturday night. And it would start at, at nine o'clock and it, w- it would finish at half eleven on the button. It was just religious every Saturday night and and seven or eight musicians, who were all men, mostly men anyway, um, they would go to the front room with, with Dad and they would play uh, for the for the session. And then the wives... Would uh, sit in the kitchen with ma'am and they would watch the Late Late Show because back then the Late Late was on on a Saturday night. Um, I think uh, well, it, never it was never, yeah. yeah. And, and when Gay was presenting Gay it, it was on a Saturday night. So the the ladies would watch the session in the front room, and, and I sound as if we had a huge house. We didn't, <laughs> but but Dad and his friends would would play music uh, in 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 the, the, the sitting room, and and, uh, so, and how old were you at this? At uh, this stage? So so it it, it, it it's it it has been going on since before i was born so right. my dad got married in 68 uh, i came along in 79 so the session was the, was going uh, before i came but uh, you know i started playing piano then at the session uh, with dad and his friends when i was maybe 7 and uh, that was right. that was the
0: start then yeah. yeah you you were just mad to get in there were you
1: yeah like i used to sit you know i used to look forward to the saturday night and uh, me, seeing them all pull up and taking the banjos and fiddles and everything out of the cars and coming in. And I used to, before I started playing the piano, I would sit in the corner and just watch them. And and it was the highlight of the week, really. And uh, yeah, so then I started to play with them. And that was a big thing, to play with dad and his friends. Yeah.
0: And you are, you're the golden boy in the family because you're the only boy I'm in the, the family. I'm the only boy,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have two sisters. Um and uh, they, they took up music as well. One, Petrina, my older sister, uh, took up the, um, the piano and, and Olivia played the violin or the fiddle. Uh, but they, they didn't keep it. They didn't keep it going. There was an ad on television back then for Kit Kat. I don't remember where. There's a man playing a fiddle, and every time he plays it, the dog used to go over and put his head up against the wall. And <laughs> that used to remind us of Olivia playing the fiddle. <laughs> she won't <laughs> mind me saying that. But uh, yeah, they didn't keep it up. They, they uh, but they love music, and, and the two of them actually are good singers. Yeah, yeah. But you were, you, you got the bug. Yeah. Well, they had been going to lessons, and I, yeah. I wasn't. And and uh, they would have to come home and practice and they didn't like practicing, but I was playing all the time and I, I was trying to learn from them. I was asking them what their teachers taught them and I would try to learn it myself then. So I suppose I had the, the love for it,
0: yeah. And then your father obviously spotted this, or your parents obviously spotted this, and so they got you lessons and nurtured yeah. well,
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, dad was working in a, a local... Um, a bodybuilding factory where they would build uh, uh, bodies for, for trucks whenever I say that, I have to explain that whenever I say yes. it because he wasn't a bodybuilder <laughs> what was your dad a bodybuilder um, and they used to make trailers for trucks so you know that had a, a nice job but you know they had to sacrifice a lot of things to send me to lessons I'm sure and I went to Hennessy's Music School in Carlow first and then I went to the Royal Academy and and I loved it and, and uh, they, um, they were behind me all the way
0: yeah but when you were when you were pretty young you you uh you, you comp- composed a tune yeah called Strike.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you uh, you were about nine years of age were you well i ten? was 10 when I, when I composed it yeah and um well i i was it was after one of the sessions um well it was during one of the sessions i got in an idea into my head that, you know, we were in one room and the the women were watching Gay Bourne and they adored Gay Bourne. Mam adored Gay Bourne. Like she absolutely loved him. And, uh, I just got it into my head, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could get on the Late Late Show, uh, and to play for the ladies in the kitchen watching Gay Bourne. <laughs> so I, I wrote a piece of music and I recorded it on a cassette, uh, and, um, uh, it was kind of, it was a waltz. It was kind of a Strauss kind of a th- thing, a bit classical. <laughs> and and uh, I thought to really impress Gaborn, because he addressed it to, to Gay himself, of course, I needed to come up with a, a clever name for it. And Mikhail Gorbachev was in the news back then and he he. Was saying a lot of things, but two words that he used to say was, one was glasnost and the other was perestroika. And I found out that perestroika meant peace. So I said, God, that's a great name. That'll impress Gay. So I, <laughs> I uh, wrote a letter and, and called the piece uh, perestroika and sent it off to Gay and told him that my, I, I played the session with my dad every night, but all of the, the ladies would, I'm sure, love to see me on the Late Late. And that's how it went, yeah. And hey ho, yeah. Chris, Christmas came along. Yeah, um, I came home from school one day, and Mam had, because I didn't tell Mam and Dad, you know, that I really? did this. So, yeah. so Mam had an envelope with the Late Late Show stamp on the front of it, and it was addressed to me. So she was pleasantly surprised, and, and um, so I, I, the letter invited me up to play for them uh, for the people in RTE, and and then yeah, I went on the Late Late then the following December. The Late Late Toy Show. Yeah, yeah, ninety one. Yeah. Wow, and Mum and Dad came, and that was the start of it. Then I suppose you know uh, it was a great day, and it was a great, um, great time in the village. You know that <laughs> Michael was on the Late Late, and uh, because the Late Late—I mean, even to this day—but
0: back then it was so powerful. And if you mm. appeared on the Late Late, first of all, everybody, apart from the guys and. Playing, the, playing the fiddles in in your house. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the kitchen definitely yeah. saw the late, late on on, on a Saturday night in, in those days. So if yeah. you were on it, everybody saw you. Uh, if you were a singer or a musician, it would, it, you'd be in the charts next week if, if you yeah. had a, if you had if you had a song out. Song, yeah. Single out. Uh,
1: it was h- huge. Did you it, did you realise how big it was? Well, I, I I was so young, I suppose that I yeah. I, I was. Um, how old were you then? Uh, 10, 10, 11, 11. 11. Um but uh, yeah, because I had been playing locally at at um, birthday parties or you know we- the weddings in the churches and things like that. I'd been locally in our, in Castle Dermot, and um, and then at little small functions I would I would play, but I didn't sing and I didn't speak. I couldn't do either back then. <laughs> I, I was so nervous, you know, uh, that I, I, well, I didn't sing anyway back then, but I, I just kept playing. I never stopped to introduce the next song. So I was, so after the late, late, like it was such a, a huge platform. The following night after the late, late show, I got a call the following morning and, and that night uh, I was playing relief to Dickie Rock in, in, in Green Acres in Carlo. Yeah. And, and so I went on there before him with my, keyboard and played for 45 minutes and and then uh, because of The Late Late um, I started then branching out not just going to Carlow but to Kilkenny and Waterford and Wexford and mum and dad drove me and and yeah so The Late Late really was a a brilliant brilliant start. The first woman was Myra O'Shea. Myra phoned me actually yeah. The night after you appeared on The Late Late. Yeah and she had booked Dickie Rock. Uh, Myra's passed on since she was a brilliant lady and um she had booked Dickie Rock to play in Green Acres and she booked me to play beforehand. So.
0: And Dickie Rock won the biggest stars
1: Absolutely. ever in Ireland. Absolutely, went for me. I mean, you know, I, I, I had gone from playing in the sitting room with, with all of those great musicians to... to all the Rockefellers. You know, yeah, to, to playing with the likes of, in front of Dickie and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was brilliant.
0: Yeah. So then all the, the phone calls started coming to your, your parents' house?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they
0: were, they were booking your your gigs
1: straight away. Yeah, <laughs> Mum and Dad were were manager, roadie, and everything else in between, driver, and everything. And uh, they
0: drove you and set up the gear.
1: Yeah, the, we we um, we bought a, a, a local postman who's now my brother-in-law, actually, but he um, he sold us a van, and and we cut the front off and made a trailer and put the piano in there. And Dad had an old Ford Escort, and so Dad drove and. Mom obviously came and then we'd arrive at the gig and, and we would all set up together and Ma'am would plug in a few leads and Dad would put the speakers up on the poles. And, and then I'd sit down to play and they would dance all night and, and then we'd go home and, you know, doing the homework in the lounge while we were setting up and making sure that, because that was the deal at home, you know, as long as you had the homework done, we can do this, you know. <laughs> so... so yeah. So um, and what sort of gigs were they? Well, they were dances. Um, I started off just on my own. Uh, first of all, uh, dances, uh, social dancing, and yeah. So it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, around Kildare. No, Kilkenny, Waterford, Wexford, all that, over the
0: country. Yeah, yeah. So
1: maybe we didn't travel more, maybe than an hour, an hour and a half, um, because we'd school the next day and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I I, I uh, branched out into a two piece. Uh, which was a big thing for me to have to employ another man. Who was that? Uh, that was uh, John O'Connell uh, from Killin' All in County Tipperary. And then from there to a, a three-piece, Burr Shelley joined me then from Carlo. Uh, so John played guitar and burr played, played sax. And uh, so that's as far as I got uh, for the next few years um, until I was uh, 17. And then I met Henry McMahon and that was a whole new chapter.
0: Yeah, so... How You Met Henry, and Henry is also a legend in country music, a member of the the, the mainliners of Big yeah. Tom, a great songwriter, uh, has written for nearly everybody in the business. Yeah. But you were still in secondary school, uh, you were in transition year, and you asked for a job in uh, to to do go on work placement, to uh, the late Late show. Yeah, yeah. It? Having major contacts there, you fair enough. You yeah, followed up on that. Yeah.
1: It? Well, we'd made a great friend called Mara Connolly, and Mara was Gay's uh, personal assistant, and, and she had kept in touch with Mam all of those years. And so Mara then kindly uh, organized it for me to go to do my work experience there. Um, now, I, I have to s- confess, I, I, pres- I pretended I wanted to be, th- to be a sound man just to get in but i really but you wanted to meet band. everybody <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to to see all of the bands and the entertainers and but anyway yeah so so um i went and and uh, went to the lately late, every friday and and uh, stayed with my mother sister my aunt in Dunleary. and uh, it was it was after the lately late one friday night uh, i used to get the bus home the last bus home and i missed the bus and so I had to go back to my aunt to stay, to stay an extra night. And on the way back, I, I was passing by the Bremer rooms in Churchtown and Big Tom was playing in there and the place was packed. And, and you know, I was I was very young. I was 17 and I went in on my own and I just sat in the corner and watching the mainliners. Now, I had been to see them a lot because mum and dad brought us to see the show bands and lovely people called Kitty and Barney Tierney used to bring me as well. And... Uh, we used to go see Big Tom anyway, but I, I was on my own this night. And afterwards, I, I, I plucked up the courage and went up to Henry and I said, look, I says, I, have a, I have a three-piece band, but I'd love to do what ye do. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have a, the big band and I'd love to do that for a living. And that was a Friday night and Henry promised me he'd write a song for me because he said, which is true, he said, it's, you know, it's all about a song and getting the right song. So that was a Friday and on the following Tuesday then I got a cassette from Henry in the Post with a, an original song called The Nearest to Perfect and uh, I recorded that and, and Henry took me under his wing then he's a gentleman and, and uh, looked after me uh, for all of those years and, and we're great friends ever since. So if you hadn't missed
0: the bus to the last bus to yeah. Castle Dermot that <laughs> night at the Late Late Show <laughs>
2: yeah. things
1: might have turned out yeah, differently. Was, you know people yeah. always say the right place at the right time and all of that kind of thing and yeah yeah so if, I don't know what way it would have went if I had to have got home that night
2: when I asked you for it and I saw you hesitate I thought my whole world was tumbling down but whenever I knew I'd found true love at last For you're the nearest to perfect I've found When I wake up every morn Beside your body soft and warm I thank the Lord for all the blessings He sent down and when my long day's work is through, I will hurry home to you, for you're the nearest to perfect I've found.
0: And were were, you, were your parents not worried about you? Where where's Michael? He hasn't got off the bus. No,
1: well, uh, my my aunt uh, lives in Dunleary and uh, I told her that I was going to. Go to. She used to collect me and, and bring me to the bus. So I told her, look, I'm going to go to to see Big Tom first anyway. So she let Mam know and. Right. Yeah. I was kind of used to going going to see the show bands anyway and. Right. He'd know that that's probably
0: where I would be anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and Henry, of course, was obviously surprised to see this this young kid because you're. Yeah, y- you know you're 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 very boyish looking as a as a forty year old man. Yeah. So you were really boyish looking yeah, uh, was,
1: as a seventeen year old. Well, I was, I was probably the youngest in the Bremerons that night, and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it was packed and it was a brilliant night. And but yeah, but I suppose Henry, um, he, he Henry had always had an interest, obviously, in in writing songs. I mean, he's written so many great songs for so many people. But probably had an interest in the in in. You know, giving somebody else a chance and and uh, helping somebody else along the way, and maybe getting into the role of management and yeah. that kind of thing. So it worked well for the two of us, yeah. really.
0: It was it was another twist of fate, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, yeah. you know, there's, there are so many stories like that in this business. Yeah, sure. Right, right, as you say, right, right place, right place, right time, right time. Yeah. Um, were you an unusual kid? Uh, you know, compared to your your pals, there wouldn't be too many sessions in the eighties uh, trad sessions going on in, in houses and no, you, know, um, you being part of that.
1: I suppose, you know, sometimes when I wanted to do everything I- I within the entertainment business and I wanted to, so I wanted to sing, I wanted to play, I wanted to dance. I wanted to, you know, cause I'd been looking at Fred Astaire on television and all of those movies where all of the great entertainers were. And I wanted to do all of this. And so, you know, sometimes when you're going to school, um, you know, country music and and then dancing and all that kind of thing mightn't have been the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, the, the, but I I I I suppose it was unusual a bit in that sense. But um I had great friends in school and and uh, I was earning a few quid as well. You see at, <laughs> at the dances and you know I would I would be able to take all the fellas to the disco and. And I had a car as well, so I was able to drive them home. And so I was right while uh, you were in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that was very even unusual. When was, <clears throat> even when I wasn't, it, uh, you know, if I was playing in the Dalman Hotel in Carlo uh, at a dance, I'd be able to collect the fellas coming out from Divinity the disco from the nightclub and bring <laughs> drop them all home on the way home. So <laughs> yeah. about, look, uh, maybe I, it, I was unusual from from that sense. I mean, I played at all the musicals in school, and so yeah, I was certainly. Probably not the norm in that sense, but um, brilliant friends, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I, well, certainly a fellow with a, a friend with a car was a brilliant friend to have, <laughs> absolutely. <yeah. laughs> because I know I came from the I came from the country and living down the country and no transport was yeah, is yeah. a nightmare, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can get somebody to give you a lift home, fantastic, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I remember yeah. coming home one night actually uh, from the Dalman in, in Carlisle. There was this lady from Castle Dermot, Betty. And she was she was she was an older woman, you know, in her seventies, and and um, we got to the nightclub early, and it wasn't over. And the fellas, she wanted to lift home, you know, I was bringing her home. And yeah, so R- the from your dance. Yeah, from yeah. my dance. Yeah. So the fellas weren't weren't ready to go, and so <laughs> myself and Betty went into the nightclub. <laughs> and uh, so when it was over, we dropped all the fellas home, and I dropped Betty home, and. Phoned her the next day. I said, what do you think of that?" Oh, she says the dolman was great, but the disco was brilliant. Later night,
0: and then you 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 actually you, you didn't sit the leaving cert in the end.
1: No, did you? yeah, no, I didn't, and that was that was unusual for me because I, I I actually didn't mind school, and you know I I I liked everything about school really. Um, but I, I, I went to the principal one day, Mr. Walsh, and I said to him, "Could I see him in his office?" And I said, "You know, I'm thinking of leaving school." And he says, "Well, he says, you know, like at this at this stage, Dad had had retired, had, had stopped working to look after Mam, and and so I was going out earning money at the weekends and, and that kind of thing, and." Uh, he kind of—I won't say the principal agreed with me uh, not to do the leaving, but he certainly supported me in what I wanted to do. And uh, he was—he was a great man, and he knew that I, uh, even if I did the leaving and got all A's, I was still going to do music anyway, uh, or whatever the result I got. You know, I was still going going to do music. So he—he he supported me, and he phoned mum and dad, and he said that he thought it was okay. Now a lot of the other teachers didn't, but yeah. but he—he he was very supportive, and and. Uh, yeah, so I I, I finished uh, the second week of fifth year.
0: Yeah, right. As it turned out, it was a good call by him as
1: well. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, like you know, and, and, I, and I, but I would I would never say never. You know, hmm. people do the leaving search at all yeah. stages of their life, and you know, hopefully, I won't maybe need to to do it for for a job. Hopefully, the music will keep going. But I'd like maybe to do it at some stage for myself. Would you really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, and then when, when when you left school. Now you're out in the big bad world. Mm. Um, uh, you had, as you said, you'd done mu- musical education, and your yeah. parents obviously made really big sacrifices to put you.
1: Through, oh, yeah, sure. through
0: that, did you did you go to London as well?
1: I did. Well, yeah. well, it was it was mostly Dublin, but I went to London as well for lessons. But it it was it, you know, even going to Dublin. I mean, it was costly, you know, to mm. you know buses and and lessons and and. Uh, and then over to London. Well, I went to London for the, the music and the dancing, really. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, there were huge sacrifices. Um, but uh, I, I was going to the Royal Academy, so I was studying classical music mostly, and then playing country music at nighttime. And, <laughs> and um, I, I just found that that I could earn a living at the at, at country music or the big band. I could you know, classical music. While I like it and, and and love listening to it and go to shows and all of that kind of thing as well, and love rock music, pop music, love all different types of music. It, it's it's just I think it's a little bit more difficult to to like. There are fantastic classical musicians out there who I don't think get rewarded for how good they are. You know, it's a mm-hmm. difficult side of the business. I think to make money. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, make, so. Yeah. Make a living, so yeah. I stuck with the. Country music, yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, it's always been such a huge scene here, going back to the '60s. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's social it's, dancing, of course, and yeah, and then all particularly in the
1: last number of years, it yeah. has been revived all over again.
0: So, as I said at the start, you're you're one of the top uh, entertainers on the country music scene now, but it was a struggle along the way, wasn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like any business, there are ups and downs, and I think anybody who who doesn't uh, say that? You know, the, the, I think everybody goes through uh, different ups and downs in, in 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 any of any business, but particularly in the arts. Like you know, you can be packing out venues one day and, and the next day you're not. But well, I suppose it. If if there was a struggle, it was I. It all happened so early. I was only seventeen, and yeah, um, and then I took a break when I was. Um, 25 because I had been playing every single night of the week for you know for since I was 17 so 8 years and it really was full on because the dances were you know full on back then and you you could have a big crowd on a Saturday night but but on a Monday night you could have a, as, as as big a crowd because we mm. were so popular in the north and all of that kind of thing what, so what,
0: what what decade was this now this was
1: so this was at 97 until 2005 right yeah so sorry no uh, yeah, 97, to 98 until 2006, yeah. So it it, it was, the dances were, were flying, but but I was playing every single night. And it, it just, I got a small little bit burned out, I suppose it probably overdid the, every night too much. And that was one reason. And then the other reason was that I felt that if I kept going the way I was going, doing the same thing, I wouldn't progress. Yeah. So I went back and studied a little bit and I, 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 um, Music was it? Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I went back for lessons, and, and I started getting getting involved in more writing and and choirs and understanding how music works on a bigger scale. Like and um, recorded, uh, uh, still recorded a couple of albums, uh, but then I decided to go back to the. <laughs> I couldn't live without it, so I went back to the the music, the country music,
0: and and. But you were doing, did you do corporate shows and other
1: things oh, yeah, during I, that period I, I when still, you were awake? I still worked, yeah, but I didn't work seven nights a week. You right. know, I still did corporate work and all of that kind yeah. of thing and I enjoyed it. But the buzz of the stage, you know, brought me back, yeah. Did you go away on cruises at that stage or a day or <laughs> no, did, I, I, later? No, I, I do one cruise a year like many of the other guys. Gertrude Burns. The Gertrude Burns cruise in America, or sometimes the Mediterranean, but mostly uh, uh, um, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And so I do that once a year. God, I'm doing that for Gertie maybe nearly 20 years. But no, that's the only that's the only cruise that I mm-hmm. that I ever did. Yeah,
0: because I, I remember um, this is Mike. Uh, Mike you, you did a gig for Michael Smurfit out in <clears throat> Monte Carlo, was it? Yeah, there were lots of lots yeah, of lots of,
1: of that kind of gigs, you know, and mm. corporate uh, end of things. Which I really that was, enjoyed. That was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a young it, fella there called Bono. That's wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it was on a yacht. Um, Tell us about that. Well, it, it was it was unusual because um, it I'd never played on a yacht before, and so I flew into Nice and and uh, then went to Monte Carlo and out onto the yacht and and uh, played. Uh, Play, just just played for about 20 minutes, really. It was a, more of a, a friendly gathering and uh, dinner and and a couple of songs at the end. And, but there were lots and lots of things like that back then. You know, the corporate scene, this was kind of ha- heading into the Celtic Tiger. So there was there was a lot of things like that, a lot of functions. Taddy of money sloshing around. And, yeah, 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 there was a lot of... I didn't get much of it, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you got the benefit <laughs> of it. That's why I went back to the <laughs> band. <laughs> no, and did, I enjoyed it. But. Did you know Michael Smurfit at this stage? Or
1: had, ah, yeah. You, I would yeah. have been playing at things where I would get to know those kind of people,
0: yeah. Yeah. But did you know Bono was going to be there?
1: No, I didn't know who was going to be there. Right. Because sometimes when you go to to these things, you don't really know who's going to be, to be at them, you know. Yeah. Lovely man and his wife, lovely person, yeah.
0: And at what point were you singing when you saw him or was he already no, there before? No, it
1: was dinner first and then sang after that. Right. I didn't mind him. Mean, did you not? Ah no. No, 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 no. He's not the type of man that would make you feel Yeah. feel nervous or anything. No, yeah. No. Did he did he comment on on your performance? No, he didn't or? say anything actually. <laughs> no. Clap. <laughs> no, there was none of that either. It wasn't that kind of nice. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and were there other nice events like like, like that? Other were yeah. yeah, during that
1: time I mean the yeah. Celtic Tiger playing at various Corporate functions and it was it was lovely because it was completely different. You know, playing at horse meetings or in France, or you know, playing at parties in in England or Ireland, and and a lot of the who's who were there, and I enjoyed it really. You know, and I, I got yeah. to to meet, make a lot of friends in in, in in that side of the world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but it, nothing can nothing can compare to the the live show and the stage and. Yeah. What, we, what we do, you know, the concerts and all of that kind of thing. Like at the minute, you know, the dances and all of that kind of thing is, is um, that's where my heart is really, you know.
0: So when you came back to it then, um, how did that take off
1: for you? Well, I, I, funny enough, I was I was at a Barry Manilow concert with my sister and um, it was her birthday and, and I took her to see Barry Manilow in Dublin. And during the, the, the interval, I turned on my phone and I had seven or eight calls, calls from a foreign number. And uh, they were, were persistent, obviously, that they wanted to get me. So I phoned back the number and I got through to Paul Tlaffey. And Paul runs tours to Spain and Portugal, and Paul claffey Tours and... Um, Midwest Radio. Midwest Radio, of course, he's yeah. He's And, in. and uh, obviously manages me now. Yeah. Uh, but this was seven years ago, so... Um, one of the entertainers had had uh, fallen ill on on the trip, and um, they needed a replacement. And um, I had booked my sister into a hotel here in Dublin, at Barry Manlow and nice hotel for her birthday and everything. And I said, the, "Paul said, you know, would you would you be able to help me out?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "When is it?" He said, "It's well, the flight is at six in the morning." <laughs> so I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll help." So we had to go home and and uh, i made it up to my sister another time but i i went out and and uh, whatever happened that night you know i don't know it's hard to explain i mean first of all i was going out as a kind of a replacement so i was sitting on the plane and i was a bit worried that the people who had went to see the other man you know mightn't like what i do so it was a bit of a a daunting task and and uh, then I had no band either, you know, just going out on my own. But the Conquerors were going to back and should they? They're fantastic people anyway. They would back anybody. Yeah. Uh, so I remember arriving then, and it was a long drive then down to Cadiz, maybe three hours from the airport, and, and then in and by to eat, and then in to see the Conquerors at, you know, four o'clock or whatever it was. Um, and it's then for a sound check or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then the gig was at seven. So it, well, it really was. <laughs> yeah. Very tight. Um, but whatever happened that night, um, it just, you know, some, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it really worked this night, you know. Whatever happened, it just clicked. And then Paul said to me afterwards, you know, he said, you know, you really should come back. And he said, I'll help you find a manager. Because I said to him, you know, if I go back, I'm going to need somebody to to take care of things. And, and he said, I'll, I'll help you. So for about uh, nearly the best part of a year, I think, um, we searched, uh, for the perfect situation. And, uh, in the end, Paul said, I'll do it. And, uh, that was probably the best thing I ever did. You know, um, Paul took care of things and, and, uh,
0: he put a band around you. He put
1: the band together and, and uh, got the equipment again and the lights and the speakers and the whole thing again and went back on the road. And um, there's a great team there, you know, Paul's great, great team around him. And, and he just asked me, how many nights do you want to work? And I said, if you can fill seven, I'll do the seven. I'll go back, back straight in. So that's kind of what he did. So I've been yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that for the last God seven years. God help the poor band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't
0: mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and my impression uh, from following your career was that from that point on, you became just a superstar. Superstar in Irish terms, you became bigger than you ever were at only any other stage in your career. Was that was that part of the management, the band? Or, or was it the time timing as well that that the scene was really taking
1: off? Well, the uh, ag- the timing, again? the 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 scene was really taking off, so that has a small bit to do with it. Mm. But really, you know, whenever we have an award show, and you're lo- I'm lucky enough to get an award, I always say I accept it on behalf of everybody that I work with because what we do, you know, I'm I'm all right, okay, I'm the front man, but I'm like. A cog in the wheel and I honestly mean this and it's not patronizing anybody but if you haven't got the right management and you haven't got the right team and if they don't have the same view as you do you're really at nothing and um, and then the band creates the sound now of course I I have to take charge of how I want it to sound you know and I tell them what I would like but then they tell me what they think would they would like or they think would work and so it's a real team effort, and I think that it worked, first of all, because I wanted to work as much as I could and, and play everywhere, do a blanket all over the country and just be be in all the venues. But then because I was so lucky to have a great band, um, that's hugely important. And then the, the skill of management that Paul and the team have, uh, is hugely important. So it's it's a big team effort, and I think that's why it worked. Really, you know, yeah. I know that's why it, it worked. I think Daniel
0: Donald would would say the very same about the, yeah. the various people in the team. Going back to his first manager Sean Riley, and then yeah. Kieran Kaplan now, and, and all the other people in risk mm-hmm. records. It, it, it is a team effort. You know, a team makes us all look good, doesn't
1: Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and you see, you know, sometimes. I watch uh, programs on TV of other singers and some of them haven't had, a, some pe- Some singers in the entertainment business have had a tough life and they've mm-hmm. had it rough along the way, uh, being involved with with people that they were involved with. But I was always involved with good people. I always met yeah. good people from Henry McMahon to Mick Clerken and Ritz to, you know, all the people that I met uh, mm-hmm. along the way. I was always just lucky that I met good people, you know.
0: Did you get some advice from from Daniel uh, along the way as well? Oh, God, I did. did you're yeah. part of the same label as you mentioned. Oh, just absolutely. There, I yeah. mean,
1: yeah. When I started out, he was the first man on the phone, and and uh, he's still a great friend. And and uh, you know, he, he he's always there if you need to ask him anything. He's a, he's a great man. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. And
0: Louis Walsh came into your life. Uh, he did yeah. along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. as Yeah. Well. Yeah. What, Louis. When was that? What period was uh, that? That
1: was uh, that was about uh, 11, 10 or eleven years ago. Before I I went with Paul. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I had been playing at different things. And Louis' mother, Maureen, became uh, interested in what I was singing and the music and that kind of thing. Then I met her and she saw you in singing. Yeah, that's right. I was singing at Mass in Knock one day and she was there. Yeah, so Louis, Louis, um, I worked with Louis for the best part of three years. We recorded two albums for Sony. And that was a really enjoyable time, you know, it, 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 recording with a full orchestra in London and that kind of thing, particularly when you, you know, going back to when I was in the Royal Academy studying music, studying orchestral music and all this kind of thing. Then to to be singing nice country music and, and easy listening music with a, a full orchestra in the middle of London was a great experience. And I was yeah. there for two or three months and I was working with Nigel Wright who, who uh, scored the music for and arranged the music for the Phantom of the Opera and all of that kind of thing. So it was a huge experience and something, and, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And Louis is a very nice man, a gentleman. I, I think you
0: said it once, H, he said at one stage he gave you a new sense of
1: belief uh, in yourself. Yeah, well, it was a, he had a different outlook on, on on the music. Obviously, you know, he had grew up, you see, Louis had grew up with the show bands as well. I mean, yeah. Working with Tommy Hayden and all of that kind of, that set up. So he knew where I was coming from, but, but he, he was a great man to have vision for. Particularly for songs and and stuff like that, yeah. So, mm. yeah, and he, he gave me great confidence, you know.
0: But Louis, of course, wasn't involved at the, at that stage. He had left the uh, the Irish scene and the the Irish yeah. live scene in Ireland and the country music scene. So, so I knew wanted somebody who was really hands on as a manager working that scene. Is is that what happened there? Yeah, right.
1: it, I mean, yeah. In 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 the 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 band scene or country music, it's it's not like it's it's very different than other. Types of music, you know, and mm. it's a, it's um. You have to have somebody who's who's, at the at the helm and and uh, that that knows the scene inside out. And it, it had changed a good bit, at that stage. Yeah. Um, and Paul Paul knows that scene inside out, really. You know. Yeah. You worked with Phil Coulter. I did, <clears throat> I did an album with Phil, um, and I suppose being a piano player myself and. And uh, then to work with Phil was, was great. And, and uh, he's a lovely man. He's a really nice man. And, and uh, I learned a lot. I, I recorded an album with him in, in County Antrim. And he wrote some songs in it for me. And I wrote some I myself. And, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a good I album.
2: treasure all my memory. Like souvenirs And I start remembering It seems like yesterday Among my friends and family And the love that I knew there I was richer than I've ever been A millionaire Gone are those happy days So very far away How I miss those days And the simple way
0: So, you, you got the opportunity really to work with the masters and, and learn from the masters and yeah. learn from the best in, in, in the business.
1: Yeah, I was, I was really lucky, you know, to, yeah. you know, to, from meeting Henry to Louis to Phil Coulter to, you know, I was really lucky with all. that. That's, that's what I mean by, you know, I, I, I've always been lucky enough to meet good people.
0: Yeah. Now, I, I, apart from the music, there isn't anything else you do. You don't play golf. I I don't play golf, no, no, no. (laughs) You don't go skiing?
1: No, I don't like skiing, no. No. (laughs) I like the sun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I, This is your life. Yeah, it is really. And uh, I took on the enormous task of writing a musical um, last year, before the covid and I wrote that for two hours every night when I come in from the show. So, because it was quiet and the doorbell wasn't ringing or you know, the phone or whatever.
0: So, you'd get home at what, 3 a.m.?
1: Well, 3 would be early now. 4 you know, a.m. If you're playing in Dodorne or Killarney or somewhere, you'd be home at 5 anyway, or 6 maybe. And then I used to write for two hours, but it was religiously two hours, you know. So, if I was yeah. home at 5, lights out at 7, um, and bed then, and then get up and do the next gig. And So, I did that for a whole year. And uh, I wrote the musical then. Tommy Maron wrote the 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 play uh, and I wrote the music to go with it. And Tommy is Tommy is a great playwright from the West of Ireland has written many plays um uh, and has toured pa- extensively. Paddy, with is Paddy one of them? Paddy uh, Three Hill Mary's um Britain written written many many plays. Yeah. And um extensively. And, and so he wrote the, the script and I wrote the music. So getting back to your question, your, yeah. your, there's very little time to do anything else because, mm-hmm. you know, when you write at that hour of the night and then you sleep and then it's time to get up and get something to eat and go to the next gig. Mm-hmm. Now, I could, I could say, look, it, I want three days a week off to go play golf. But I wouldn't really, I'd prefer to do what I do, you know, for mm-hmm. now anyway. Yeah.
0: What would a normal day be like for you then?
1: Now, or when, back, then, when, back, back then, before the, oh, well, the a entertainment shutdown, um, yeah. so I'm not a great. I don't sleep for very long. So, really, so if I so if I was home at um, well, when I was writing the musical, if I was in bed at say six or seven, I'd be up at eleven anyway, you know. And then uh, something to eat and on the road and and then drive to whether it be see the thing about our, our our music business is you can't be too close from night to night. So you can't play in Donegal tonight and play in, you know, Sligo tomorrow night. Really, you yes. have to spread it out. So, Right, so that so means there's a always travelling. Yeah. yeah, and I live in Nice so, and Leash before that. So I'm in the centre of the country and I come home every night and I don't stay in hotels and I don't stay out unless I really, really have to. Just love coming home. So, which means that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm home at 5, 6, whatever, up then at 11, something to eat, but back on the road then, whether it be Donegal, and from Kerry wherever and just the same thing again then i get to the show then always around 6 7 depending on what time the show is at um and so if the if the dance or, well if it's a concert it's on at 8 o'clock so i'm there at 5 uh but if it's a dance then it's on at 10 o'clock and it finishes at 12 and you meet the people till 1 and then back in the the car again so yeah it's repetitive yeah you know, but i love it
0: but I suppose it, 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 for for some people that would be impossible to have a lifestyle like that if, if you if you were married with children and all mm. of that. So you're a, a single man. As far as I know, a single man. Single
1: man. Yeah. 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 It is a difficult. It, it is a difficult uh, business. I mean, there's a lot of people married with kids in, in mm. the business, but they, they probably don't do the the amount of. They nights. don't do eight eight days a week. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah. I I always had the motto that you know. I mean, in, in our business, you know, it can be hot and cold and you're not going to be popular forever, maybe. So,
0: mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. While I'm but young. What, well,
1: <laughs> you uh, did the inverted I commas did, thing there. <laughs> oh, I forgot that this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I just had the, the you know, I, I like to be busy, a, a good work mm. ethic, and I like to, I hate doing nothing. I mean, I COVID was... You know, as I said, at the start, it was hard to get used to. So mm. I hate just waking up and saying, what will I do today? You know, I, I prefer to have everything planned. And, and and the busier I am, the happier I am.
0: Yeah. And could you have somebody in your life? Like, is there space for well, somebody? Oh, absolutely. In your, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to do eight days a week forever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but at the minute, I just want to keep going. And And the musical was a... It was a huge disappointment that it never took off because it was it was a huge project and you know you had and, done all the rehearsals. We'd done the final dress rehearsal actually. Sandy uh, Kelly's in it. Sandy is my mother in it. Yeah. <laughs> God help her. She, yeah, she's Sandy. She doesn't. She's not the age. Uh, uh, what, what's it about? It's uh, It's called Who dares to dream? It's uh, It's about. It's about a young boy growing up in, in Ireland and uh, having a dream of being an entertainer. Now it's, I know somebody like yeah. That. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds for me. It's actually there's a lot of it.
2: Um about, not about me. You know? Okay.
1: Like mm. his father was very tough on him. Of course my father wasn't. Mm. And um in the end, I don't want to give too much away, obviously. In the end he succeeds and, and he fulfills his dream. But there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. And and so we had we had finished the final dress dress rehearsal. Um and then I went to America and Scotland after that. And the week we came home from Scotland, we were to start the following week in the musical, but then we came home on the 15th of March with lockdown, so. Yeah. Um, and out of all the things that I ever did in my life, the musical was the best seller. You know, the tickets were sold. I mean, For the first I mean, run. I mean, we were doing a night in the, in the Royal Theatre in Castle Bar, which is a big, big theatre, you mm. know, 1,900 people. And the first night sold out, and the second night sold out, and the third afternoon sold out, which wow. was, I remember saying to Sandy at the dress rehearsal, Something has to go wrong because everything is, you know, it's just going so right. Something you shouldn't then, have said that. I know. And <laughs> I'm the cause of the pandemic. <laughs> so then, um, of course, we all know what happened then. Yeah. But, you know, it's like the foundations of a house. It's it's, it's there, there and it's, it's there, it's, and it'll always be there. And yeah, it's we'll something get to, to it look next. It's year something we can go. all look forward to. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And that was bringing all those skills, everything it learned, mm. right up to that point, bringing them all together to to produce this musical. Because that's a big
1: undertaking. Yeah, and, and and I mean, you know, I I was um, I wrote all the music. I I, I recorded it with Andy O'Callaghan, who was a huge support and a huge help. And but there's a lot in it from from not just writing all the songs, but you have to, you know, there are a, a lot of uh, musical interludes and. Mm. Beds of music, if it's sad or if it's happy during so there's a lot yeah so it there was a lot of of work yeah uh, but I I enjoyed it and and you know if ever I was off a few days from the band I would pop over to London to see the musical so I I loved it in the West End and so it was it was it was very very exciting um,
0: is it is it a musical you you would love to take to the West End
1: yeah I would yeah. I would and I think well and, and, and I mean. You have to be very lucky and and to get yeah. to the West End. But I think the storyline is is you know it's not it's not just Irish. Yeah. You know, Even though it's set in Ireland, it could be it could be anywhere in the world really. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it's, it's to. It's a universal. I mean. f- yeah. Theme. Yeah. It yeah. is. I mean. Yeah. Everybody has a dream, don't they? And um, yeah. It was daunting, certainly. You know, oh, okay. I, I, I'm in it as well. I'm. I'm I'm actually, I'm 18 in it actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so but l- looking at you, I know people think Sandy has a hard job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, looking like as old, as old as my mother, to be my mother because she's so young looking. But then I have the opposite. I, I have to, I have to take 20 years off. So. Sandy's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Sandy
0: is fantastic. And, ah, I mean, look brilliant. at the career that, that, that she had. I mean,
1: she's, uh, I mean, Sandy on the West End. And, yeah. And, uh, with the Patsy Klein show and many, many others. And yeah. I learned an awful lot from Sandy and the rest of the actors in it. I remember doing the very first scene for the very first time at, at the rehearsal. And I'm supposed to be coming down the stairs and my father in the play, uh, he really attacks me, you know, and uh, verbally, you know, and and his, his nose is right to mine. And, and the man that was playing my father, uh, he was so... Um, Animated, it brilliant. You know, that I had to stop. I the sweat started to to I, my shirt started to get ring wet. So this is my introduction to acting, um, and I couldn't believe it. it was so intense. And but I, 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 they were they are brilliant people. I shouldn't keep saying yeah. that in the past tense because we will get to it. Sandy and all of the rest of the actors and everybody involved. Tommy was directing it. It was something that we were hugely excited about. So please God, it'll happen next year. You know. And your own dad and and, and your own
0: mum, Lord of Mercy, and her, um, uh, you, they got to see all your success, which was fantastic. Yeah. they got. It's probably a great source of comfort to you that your your mum, who only she only died November, in, yeah. in, in November last yeah. year, yeah, she got to see all of that.
1: Yeah, and you know it's a pity she didn't get to see the musical. Yeah, because that was that was the only thing left for me. Not the only thing left, but. It was certainly something that I would have loved her to to see. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's going from the sessions to the yeah. late to the, the the trailer with the piano in it to the big band to. This was, sorry, a big piano, was it? It wasn't yeah, just it wasn't oh, keyboards. Oh, oh, yeah, it? no, but it's, they, they're much smaller nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so this was the big, full on. Yeah, a piano. You screw the legs on that, and all this that kind. That of you hold around to, <laughs> yeah, to all, yeah. the, all the gigs, yeah. But for so me, they got to see all of that. They got to see all of that, and I'm thankful for a lot of things for Mam. You know, um, she had been ill for. Mam had been had been ill for most of my life, really. Really, she had a bad car accident when I was seven. So really, from then, you know, not not all doom and gloom. Like she mm. she had ups and downs with with health, and uh, she was particularly sick a good few times. <clears throat> but she always seemed to pull through and and um I suppose for me, um, the COVID has been well, it's been a terrible thing for many, many people and, and people sick and, and losing family members and and that kind of thing. But for me, it was kind of a silver lining in a way. You know, it was a blessing in disguise or whatever. Because I, I always worried that I would be away when I would get the call that ma'am would be something would have happened <clears throat> and I always used to fret about that and I had a good chat with it about my sisters many many nights because they looked after everything when when I was away they cooked and did all of that kind of thing so I always had this at the back of my mind and you know when you're heading to America for three weeks or whatever you're going to Spain or Portugal or England or even England or even Donegal you know that you would get a call you know Yeah. so I always fretted about that <clears throat> so for me COVID, even though I don't want to take away from anybody else's uh, people that, what people have went through. But for me, it it meant that I was completely off for, and with ma'am every single day for the last eight months of her life, which is, which is, you know, if somebody had to say that to me five years ago, you know, you're playing seven nights a week, but if, for your Mam's last eight months, you'll be beside her every day. I couldn't have believed that. Yeah.
0: So, um, Somebody pulls strings for, for you. me yeah mam yeah.
1: and and mam got sick on a Wednesday and died on the thursday and and uh, she didn't suffer, and uh, we were all with her uh, my dad, my two sisters we were we were in the bed with her actually the and uh, it was it was devastating but a lovely time yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: and I think you said that you know you, you never had the opportunity. To go and cook meals for your for your parents, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you left that to your sisters. They yeah. they did all of that while they you while you were yeah. off touring and yeah. performing. I'm the chef now, though. But you, <laughs> would you, would you <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, yeah, they they you got the um, chance
0: to do that as well. Yeah,
1: like they they um they did everything. I have two brilliant sisters, and their families. They're fantastic people, and so they did everything uh, when I was away. And I since COVID, I I, I took on three days a week uh, cooking now. So. So I, I I cooked for Mam and dad and I'm lucky that they just like the bacon the simple, and cabbage yeah the bacon and cabbage or the stew or the roast chicken <laughs> or so every day is the same every week Monday's bacon and cabbage Tuesday's roast chicken so there's I mean, no Gordon Ramsay no 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 certainly not <laughs> no 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 but um, yeah so it's nice to be able to do that now and and, and particularly for dad dad is uh, you know dad is a saint the way he looked after Mam. and so. He's so on his own. Michael, he retired early to look after your mom. Is well, that what yeah, you said? Well, yeah, he did, yeah. and and yeah. and to look after me, maybe as well, driving me to the shows. You know, he he he, he just, yeah. I mean, dad must be retired uh, twenty five years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And What age is he? He's seventy eight, right? Yeah, so yeah. he retired early. Yeah. Um, but he looked after ma'am, you know, and and uh, I think anybody who knows them knows the way he looked after her. You know. Mm. Nothing was ever a problem in sickness own. and in health. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, you—you you, know—I often sat and watched him and wonder how he did it, but he did it, and he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah.
0: And you—you've you, never married, you've never had children, but you have a nephews and a nephew. Oh, and, I have. And yeah. nieces. I was where you were going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, never <laughs>
0: no, it's certain. Yeah, I've I wasn't to going to open the door and bring in your, <laughs> t- tonight, tonight, Michael English, here we have. <laughs> no, uh, brilliant you, nieces, you uh, one,
1: on, uh, one niece and two nephews.
0: Yeah, you dote on your niece and nephews. I do,
1: I uh, love them. Jack is 21 now, uh, Kayla has just turned 18, and uh, Dara is still in primary school, but he's, uh, yeah, they're all great, they're all great kids, yeah.
0: They make your life.
1: They do. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> well, Jack was the first to come along first. Uh, and uh, we doted on him. And I'm sure we dot on them all now. Uh, Cale is a good singer. Um, very good singer. And she's going to study music. So she's, she's, uh, she'll do that later this year.
0: And I, I remember reading where you were saying that they're like your own kids, that you worry about them. When, when or This is a couple of years back. You were worried about yeah. them when, the, when they're out going to a gig. That you know that they get the bus home, or that you know, yeah. And Jack got a
1: car now no. a couple of weeks ago, so we're worried about that. So right. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, studying in Galway, so he, he got his first car a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, sure, you you you'd be worried that he you know be all right in it. So they make your life. Ah, uh, yeah, they're brilliant. I mean, we have a very close family. I mean, yeah, and I think it's it's my parents who who made it that way. You know, we're, we have a huge bond there. My my two sisters and I and and their uh, partners and and husbands and children and yeah a huge bond there you know. Mm. anyone that can say
0: that is a, is a, is a lucky person in life yeah. so, you know not not just about the music and the career but also to have that lovely family life and to be able to speak like that about your mom and your yeah. and your last days yeah, and hours yeah. with your mom yeah uh, it's fantastic isn't it to, to uh, yeah
1: yeah well you've only one mother and and uh, your number one fan yeah, always your number was, one fan you know, she she was ah, uh, oh, she was she was brilliant, yeah, yeah.
0: So, looking to the future,
1: yeah. When well, we sit down God. here in ten years' time, what'll you've done? The musical, anyway. Well, hopefully the <laughs> musical and and more playing and that's all I want to do, really. You know, yeah. I mean, I love what I do. I love <clears throat> I, I love the buzz of playing every night. I love the people. I love the dancers, and uh, you know, that's one thing I miss. Most about not performing, I missed. I missed the buzz. I missed the, the traveling to different places, but I miss the people the most. And, and and in our business, you know, the, you 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 get to know the people very well, and they get to know you. And you know, if their daughter's getting married, or if their dog has died, or you, you know, you know, you know, you get very friendly with all of these people, and I miss them the most. But yeah, just to get back to seeing them, people, get back to dancing, get back to theaters, and. Uh, We've kind of four shows on uh, at the one time. We've the dances, the theatres, the churches and the musical now. So it's great to have variety and, and uh, hopefully yeah. we'll get back to doing them all soon.
0: Well, long may it continue, Michael. But thanks for having yeah, me, Eddie. And Thank you. Been, Yeah, and it's been a very fulfilled life so far. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. This has been My Country Life, a Sunday World Podcast. This episode was produced by Ian Malini and the theme music is Rose Gold Renegades by Jesse Frisell. If you enjoy this episode, do consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eddie Rowley and this is My Country Life.